Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. This is Radio Maria and Just Life with Set the Downtrodden Free and Simon John. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, Elizabeth, and good morning, listeners. Set the Downtrodden Free is a series, a monthly series we've been running for over a year now, thanks to the expertise, wisdom and generosity of Simon John. Simon is a um, retired solicitor in Thetford and also a lifelong human rights activist. Simon, maybe for those who are new to the radio or new to the programme, you could just tell them a little bit about yourself and how you became um, interested in modern slavery and um, everything connected with it. Yes, thank you, Elizabeth. Well, um, I'm, a, as Elizabeth said, a retired solicitor from Norfolk. My, my mother instilled me with a sense of the importance of justice in the world. And um, my career was um, n- not as a commercial uh, lawyer, but as a lawyer fighting for the rights of individuals um, And alongside that, I have um, been a member um, of a human rights organisation since my 20s. And that pretty well led me logically to an interest in modern slavery. It being described, modern slavery that is being described by Theresa May, uh, last Prime Minister but three, but only a couple of years ago, um, as the worst abuse of human rights in modern times. Um, And certainly in volume terms, that is almost certainly the case, because we discovered to our horror um, at the end of last year that um, the number of uh, people who are enslaved um, had increased over the previous five years from 40-odd million um, to just under 50 million. Um, And these people are hidden in plain sight in our towns, cities, villages, and even the countryside all around us. Um, And yet, for reasons I'm going to go into, um, and we have discussed in an earlier programme, we don't seem to be moved to do anything or do much to prevent it. Um, 
and certainly not much to eradicate it. Um, so with that introduction, I'm going to, um, I'm based in East Anglia, by the way, and I'm going to um, talk about um, a paper published by the Vatican recently, the Pastoral Orientations on Human Trafficking. Um, and the reason I'm going to do this is because it, it sets out um, beautifully exactly what the Pope and the Vatican think about modern trafficking and more, much more to the point, um, what we all should be doing about it. Um, it's not an academic paper. It's a very practical paper and you can get it on the Vatican website if you just search those words pastoral orientations on human trafficking frankly in Google um, it, it'll come up with it um, very quickly especially if you add the word Vatican um, so uh, I'm going to um, uh, read some extracts from it um, if you can handle that um, and it starts with the preface by saying um, that Pope Francis attaches enormous importance to the plight of millions of men, women and children who are trafficked and enslaved. They are among the most dehumanised and discarded of people in the modern world and all over the world. Human trafficking, he says, is a, an atrocious scourge, an aberrant plague, and an open wound on the body of contemporary society. In September 2015, the Holy Father told the United Nations that evils like human trafficking, the marketing of human organs and tissues, the sexual exploitation of boys and girls, slave labour, including prostitution, cannot be met by solemn commitments alone. We need to ensure that our institutions, and indeed all our efforts, are truly effective in the struggle against all these scourges. Um, he, he he did he maybe did that partly because a year or few earlier he um and all of the church leaders had assembled in Rome to make a joint faiths declaration and he maybe was as horrified as I was um uh, the back end of last year to discover that um slavery had at that time also increased in numbers. So making this joint faith declaration, uh, important though it was to mark what uh, the view of the churches was, didn't appear to have made an enormous amount of difference. Um, it is the purpose, the paper goes on, it is the purpose of the pastoral orientation on human trafficking, that's the document from which I'm reading some extracts, to provide a reading of human trafficking and an understanding that motivates and sustains 
the much-needed long-term struggle. The migrant and refugees section um, of the um, Vatican began functioning on the 1st of January 2017, and it was established by Pope Francis and is under his direct guidance, tasked with addressing human trafficking um, as well as migrant and refugee matters. Its mission is to assist the bishops of the Catholic Church and all those serving these vulnerable groups. This six-month process resulted in the document that I'm reading to you, Pastoral Orientations on Human Trafficking. It was approved by the Holy Father and is meant to orientate the work um, of all working in the field. They're for use by Catholic dioceses, parishes, religious congregations, schools and universities, by Catholic and other organisations of civil society and of any other groups willing to respond. Besides their implementation in local programmes, um, as well as a collaboration at a distance, the orientations um, also offer key points for homilies, education and media. These pastoral orientations are available online um, as I just mentioned, in various languages and formats. Um, the uh, Vatican invites everybody to engage vigorously in learning, communication and action about preventing and healing human trafficking, nourished by reflection, prayer and the teaching of Pope Francis. Note invites everyone. This isn't um, something purely, as the document goes on to explain, this isn't a document purely for bishops or for priests. It's for everyone, all of us. Um, and it's signed by the undersecretaries of that section of the Vatican. In the introduction, um, it is described that at a papal audience in early 2018, a young woman survivor of human trafficking said, I think about my country of many people who are misled with false promises, swindled, enslaved, prostituted. How can we help them to avoid falling into the trap of illusions and into the hands of traffickers? Pope Francis took her question deeply to heart. As you said, he replied, it must be ensured that young people not fall into the hands of traffickers. And how horrible it is to realise that many young victims were first abandoned by their families, considered as rejects by their society. Many were then introduced to trafficking by their own families and so-called friends. It happened in the Bible too. Remember that the older brothers sold the young Joseph as a slave and thus he was enslaved in Egypt, um, referring to Genesis 37. This question and answer sums up the motivation and spirit behind these pastoral orientations, 
on human trafficking. It goes on, human trafficking is an open wound on the body of contemporary society, a scourge upon the body of Christ. This heartfelt denunciation by Pope Francis in April 2014 comes as a dire warning about one of the darkest aspects of contemporary history, a phenomenon which shamefully and tragically continues even now. Human trafficking victimises millions of people all over the world and today constitutes a widespread insidious reality in several business sectors, particularly domestic work, manufacturing, hospitality, agriculture. Human trafficking takes place in many different ways and situations, sexual exploitation, forced marriage, slave labour, servitude, forced begging, organ harvesting, we spoke about that a couple of months ago, uh, reproductive exploitation and other forms of abuse and exploitation. It is embedded in private, commercial and even public and governmental enterprises. Human trafficking is a reality which affects the most vulnerable in society, women of all ages, children, the handicapped, the poorest, and those who come from broken families and from difficult situations in society. Human trafficking is a terrible abuse of the dignity and human rights of men, women, girls and boys. The variety of its forms, the heterogeneity of its victims and its many types of perpetrators make human trafficking a very complex problem. Those wishing to plan effective services are immediately confronted with significant challenges. Such complexity requires a multidisciplinary approach in order to understand the phenomenon and its causes, to identify the processes and persons involved in it, victims, perpetrators and consumers, knowing or unwitting, before appropriate responses can be shaped. From a Christian anthropological viewpoint, indeed, the sanctity of human life, from conception until natural death, and in the inalienable dignity of each and every human being, constitute the starting point and the central focus of every initiative. The Bible teaches that every man and woman is created out of love and made in God's image and likeness. See Genesis 1.26. This shows us the immense dignity of each person, who is not just something, but someone. He is into communion with other persons. As St. John Paul stated in 1988, when the individual is not recognised and loved in the person's dignity as the living image of God, the human being is exposed to more humiliating and degrading forms of manipulation that most assuredly reduce the individual to a slavery to those who are stronger. 
So just bear in mind that this was in the mind of Pope Paul, all those many, what, 35 years ago. The pastoral orientations are deeply grounded in the church's reflection and teaching and in its long-standing practical experience responding to the needs of men, women, boys and girls caught up in human trafficking and in slavery, both past and present. At Vatican II, the Catholic Church reaffirmed its historic concern about forced labour, stating that slavery, prostitution, the selling of women and children, as well as disgraceful working conditions where men is treated, are treated as mere tools for profit rather than free and responsible persons. Those are infamies. And that's uh, Gaudium et Spes. So that's going all the way back to the 60s um, at Vatican II. Uh, and and here is here I think is the the strongest expression that you could expect to hear. Now, the Catholic Church intends to intervene in every phase of the trafficking of human beings, says Pope Francis. She wants to protect them from deception and solicitation. She wants to find them and free them when they are transported and reduced to slavery. She wants to assist them once they are freed. Now, we, of course, are the church at one with the body of Christ. So when uh, His Holiness talks about the church intends to intervene, he's suggesting that that should be our clearly our intention as well. Pope Francis's insistent teaching on human trafficking provides the foundation for the present pastoral orientations, which draw also... Sorry, I've just read that. Um, after considering the legal definition of human trafficking that has been endorsed in international law, each of the 10 sections of the orientations analyzes the cruel facts and challenges of one facet of the phenomenon. It then suggests a range of responses, some of which favor in particular the culture of encounter that Pope Francis promotes as a necessary step towards new life in every area of human injustice and suffering. So then the paper goes on to talk about reality and responses, but that might be a good moment to have a break. Thank you very much, Simon. And as Simon said, uh, the document is easily found online. Um, I've got it up here and... It's very easy to find. And it begins with a quote from Isaiah. Um, Isn't this surely the first worth choosing, releasing those unjustly bound, undoing their heavy burdens, letting the oppressed go free and breaking every yoke? Which is, I think, Simon, where you took the title of this series from. Set More or less. Free. Yeah, from just Isaiah. A, a different yeah. translation. Yes. So, 
Um, thank you for that and for the call to do something as we are the church. So let's have a listen to When I Needed a Neighbour, sung by Sloan Square Chamber Choir. When I Needed a Neighbour, Were You There? Sung by Sloan Square Chamber Choir. This is Just Life on Radio Maria. And if you've just joined us, this is our monthly series, Set the Downtrodden Free with Simon John. And today, Simon is 
taking us through a Vatican document, Pastoral Orientations on Human Trafficking. And as I said just before the music break, I easily found it online, as Simon mentioned. And what I failed to say was that it's incredibly accessible. Um, so some Vatican documents look very long and full of long words, but this one I really recommend looking it up. It's very well uh, produced, translated and uh, certainly accessible to everyone. So do you have a look at that. And thank you, Simon. Back over to you. Yes, thank you. So um, uh, we, we've come to a part of the document that deals with reality and responses um, and it, it describes that the, the document contains 10 sets of observations on contemporary human trafficking, which analyse the true facts and challenges of human trafficking and suggest responses um, for the urgent consideration of all individuals and institutions of goodwill. The sources are the Catholic Church's current thinking and practice on the elimination of human trafficking expressed in many statements of Pope Francis on this topic. Um, I, I was aware that Pope Francis um, had made a number of um, observations, but, but I certainly hadn't read um, anything like all of them um, uh, and uh, the extracts I'm going to read this morning um, contain uh, many. It's almost as if he speaks of nothing else. Um, uh, uh, and I certainly do think it is a subject very close to his heart. The sets of observations in the document are under four subheadings. They begin with establishing why human trafficking takes place, and why the depravity of slavery persists in the 21st century. I have to say, not comfortable reading, because, of course, they involve us. Um, you'll be surprised, you may or may not be surprised to hear. Then, why human traffic remains so hidden. Thirdly, how it operates. And finally, what can be done and how it can be done better. And there follows a quote, another quotation from Pope Francis. Among so many open wounds in our world, one of the most troubling is the trade in human beings, a modern form of slavery, which violates the God-given dignity of so many of our brothers and sisters. And, and that was Pope Francis greeting um, the second... European Assembly of an organisation called Renate, um, uh, which is an organisation of nuns de dedicated to abolishing slavery. There are two of those. The next heading is about um, understanding human trafficking and its causes. Um, and uh, under the heading commodification and exploitation, Yes, that's commodification of human beings. It says human trafficking takes control over its victims and puts them in locations and situations where they're treated as commodities to be bought and sold and exploited as workers um, or even as raw materials 
in multiple unimaginable ways. In many parts of the world, says Pope Francis, in many parts of the world, there seem to be no end to grave offences against fundamental human rights. The tragic phenomenon of human trafficking is but one unsettling example of this. And the paper goes on, until recent times, such treatment was associated with colonialism and the slave trade. I think they mean the transatlantic slave trade. Despite the formal abolition of the latter, the exploitation of some human beings by others has not ended, but now takes place in terrible new forms on a significantly larger scale. These are manifestations of immoral, social, cultural and economic systems and practices which promote consumer attitudes and increasing inequalities um, within and among regions. Coincidentally, our times have witnessed a growth of individualism and egocentricity Attitudes that tend to regard others through a lens of cool utility, valuing them according to criteria of convenience and personal benefit. Narcissism, says the Pope, narcissism makes people incapable of looking beyond themselves, beyond their own desires and needs. And that was post Post Francis, Pope Francis in March 2018, 16, sorry, 16, uh, at a post-synodal uh, apostolic exaltation. Um, the paper goes on. The exploitation of others has perversely but quietly been accepted as a means to achieve one's own pleasure and gain although the language used may reference the laws of the market, relentless competition, to reduce by any means the costs for any good and service. Human trafficking deprives many people of their identity and dignity and commodifies them to the advantage of a few. Well, of course, um, we need to look at those words um, to the advantage of a few in the context that in the rich West we are perhaps um, a tenth, I don't know precisely, but perhaps a tenth of the world's population. The other nine tenths are the ones who don't benefit from this driving down of supermarket prices because they don't buy food at supermarkets. They either grow it or buy it at stalls in the countryside somewhere or in a densely populated poor area of a city. Um, and that re those words about um, a means to achieve one's own pleasure and gain... Um, let me just make it clear, I hope I'm not preaching here because I feel very bad about the way I be behave in the rich 
West in relation to the rest of society. I'm not some exception uh, to that rule or that standard of behaviour. Um, I am simply trying to pass on the message and take it in, assimilate it at the same time myself. Um, an another quote from Pope Francis. Each year, thousands of innocent men, women and children are victims of exploitative labour and sexual abuse and of organ trafficking. And it seems that we've become so accustomed to this as to consider it a normal thing. This is deplorable. It is cruel. It is criminal. I wish to remind everybody of the duty to combat this abhorrent plague, a form of modern slavery. If the human family, and another quote from Pope John, uh, uh, sorry, from Pope, oh no, this is a quote from Pope John Paul II, so quite a long time ago. If the human family wishes to stamp out human trafficking, society itself will have to change. In order to bring human trafficking to an end, all people will need to simplify their needs, control their habits, rein in their appetites. Certainly, um, that applies to me, uh, uh, probably to many people. Simplicity, moderation, discipline, as well as a spirit of sacrifice, must become a part of everyday life, lest all suffer the negative consequences of the careless habits of a few. And this implies avoiding the dynamic of dominion and the mere accumulation of pleasures. So, as I say, that was John Paul II um, in 1990. And so then the paper moves on directly, having introduced it, to deal with the demand aspect, something I've addressed in these talks before. In public discourse, much attention is paid to traffickers who apply who provide the supply side of human trafficking, although few are arrested and far fewer still convicted. Little is said about the consumers, the factor of demand which traffickers continue to meet. Considering the different areas in which the victims of human trafficking work or operate, agriculture, domestic work, prostitution and so on, the consumers can constitute a huge mass who seem largely unaware of the exploitation of persons who are trafficked, yet enjoy the benefits and services they provide. If men, women and children are trafficked, this is ultimately because there is great demand that makes their exploitation profitable. I think most of us understand, don't we, that in markets, um, supply, that is the opportunity, if you like, to make a profit, supply exists where and only where there is a demand. Uh, another quote from Pope Francis this time. If there are so many young women victims of trafficking who end up on the streets of our cities. It is because many men here, young, middle-aged, elderly, 
demand these services and are willing to pay for their pleasure. I wonder then, is the principal cause of trafficking really the traffickers? I believe, says Pope uh, says Pope Francis, I believe the principal cause is the unscrupulous selfishness of the many hypocrites in our world. Of course, arresting traffickers is an obligation of justice. But the true solution is the conversion of hearts, cutting off demand in order to dry out the market. And that was Pope Francis again um, in February 2018. People who generate the demand, goes on the paper, share real responsibility for the destructive impact of their behaviour on other human persons and the moral values violated in the process. The redu to reduce the demand that drives human trafficking, accountability, prosecution and punishment are needed along the entire chain of exploitation, from the recruiters and traffickers to the consumers. Gosh, that's a pretty radical statement. It's being suggested by the paper that if we consume, say, uh, chocolate, um, a, a cheap bar of chocolate, or buy a £5 T-shirt, and pretty well know at some level that slavery is in the footprint of that article, then we should be prosecuted. Well, um, is it that radical? It's certainly um, become the uh, law in a number of countries. I can't remember whether it is in the UK or not, but certainly in a number of countries I have read um, that uh, people who are the consumers, so to speak, in sex trafficking, um, are prosecuted nowadays. So it's not that much of a stretch to say that if we consume slave-made goods, then um, we should be prosecuted. I don't think it's going to happen for a long time. Um, but that's what the paper is saying, and there is a logic in it. Punishment of entrapped and exploited people doesn't appear to be an effective solution since it simply results in blaming and punishing the victims. Again, making a comparison with sex trafficking, that's the thinking behind arresting the Johns, I think they're sometimes called, the customers in sex trafficking, uh, prostitution, and not the girls. Um, the buying of so-called sexual services in all forms, including pornography, internet-based cybersex, strip clubs, erotic dancing venues, is a serious offence against human dignity and human integrity and an affront to human sexuality. States should cr consider criminalising those who take advantages of prostitution or other uses of sexual exploitation provided by those who've been trafficked.
accountability along the chain of exploitation is also needed when human trafficking facilitates forced marriage, servitude, forced begging, organ harvesting and reproductive exploitation. Awareness campaigns on the responsibilities and liabilities of the demand side of human trafficking should be promoted at both the national and international level with the cooperation of all concerned parties. Another quote from Pope Francis. We cannot become distracted. We are all called to leave behind any form of hypocrisy, facing the reality that we are part of the problem. The problem is not in the opposite lane. <laughs> it involves us. We are not permitted to look elsewhere and declare our ignorance or our innocence. And that's Pope Francis on the 7th of May, 2018. Time for another uh, hymn, I think. Thanks so much, Simon. Um, if anyone would like to call in and make a comment or has a question for Simon, the number is 01223 And this is a song called God of Justice. From just singing, move 
Justice from Tim Hughes here on Just Life this morning. We're joined live by Simon John, who's been taking us through the Vatican's relatively new document, Pastoral Orientations on Human Trafficking. So, Simon, any any final thoughts this morning about this document and what we should be doing? Yes, um, I'm going to... I, I've uh, condensed it into um, three side, no, three pages. That is six sides of A4, um, uh, and it's probably twice that. Um, but still, I, I won't be able to get through all of it. But let me just um, finish with a, a few other extracts. Uh, First of all, on acknowledging human trafficking out of the shadows. Um, Despite public commitments by states and non-state actors, despite multiple awareness campaigns, there is still widespread ignorance on the nature and spread of human trafficking. And Pope Francis says, certainly there's a lot of ignorance on the topic. But sometimes there also seems to be little will to understand the scope of the issue. Why? I've asked that question myself. He answers it pretty directly. Because it touches close to our conscience. Because it's thorny. Because it's shameful. Then there are those who, even knowing this, do not want to speak because they, we, are at the end of the supply chain as a user of the services that are offered on the street or the internet. That's Pope Francis in February 18. Um, the, The really direct engagement comes in paragraph 25. Catholics should engage personally within the family. They should also engage at community level in every effort to raise awareness and educate youth so as to effectively prevent and combat human trafficking. Pope Francis again. The work of raising awareness must begin at home with ourselves because only in this way will we be able to then make our communities aware motivating them to commit themselves so that no human being may ever again be a victim of human trafficking. And that was Pope Francis in February 2018. And again, protecting, uh, this is Pope Francis' message um, in November 2017, protecting has to do with our duty to recognise and defend the inviolable dignity of those who flee real dangers and abuses that can even amount to enslavement. And, and, and that remark is picking up, do you remember, on the church intends... What was it? Yes, the Catholic Church intends to intervene 
in every phase of the trafficking of human beings. She wants to protect them. She wants to find them. She wants to assist them once they're freed. So it's pretty clear to me um, what what uh, Pope Francis is saying um, about this terrible state. And uh, another couple of things. First, the conclusion, and then an extract from the prayer at the end of the document. Another quote from Pope Francis. Um, this time back in 2013, I have always been distressed at the lot of those who are victims of various kinds of human trafficking. How I wish that all of us would hear God's cry. Where is your brother? Genesis 4, 9. Where is your brother or sister who is enslaved? Let us not pretend and look the other way. There is greater complicity than we think. This issue involves everyone. Finally, um, the, the last paragraph of the prayer at the end of the document. O oh, loving God, pour your merciful light into our troubled world. Let it flood into the darkest shadows. Bring salvation to the innocents who suffer under sinful abuse. Bring conversion to the utterly lost souls who hold them captive and exploit them. Give us all the strength to grow in the true freedom of love for you, for each other, and for our common home. Amen. So I just want to touch on a, 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 a personal issue and ask for your prayers. Um, in just over two weeks' time, um, as, uh, as one of my friends said, I am in a rather foolhardy fashion uh, getting on my bicycle and uh, riding from Walsingham, uh, the Shrine of Walsingham, um, that uh, what was founded in the 11th century, where there were, when there was a Marian apparition there, to Lourdes, um, that was founded in the 19th century and still venerated in the 21st. And I'm going on the Ampleforth uh, pilgrimage, as I have on 20-odd previous occasions, but this time by bicycle. Um as the date approaches, I'm beginning to realise uh, the enormity um, of the uh, commitment I've um, rather foolishly made. Um, I'm aiming to raise, to, to raise awareness of modern slavery um, and raise funds for Anti-Slavery International um, and also for Bakita House, that that's B A K H I T A, 
after Saint Josephine Bakita, who's the patron saint of slaves. And Bakita House is um, a refuge operated by the Diocese of Westminster. And um, they look after people um, who are rescued from uh, women and girls, in particular, who are rescued um, from modern slavery. And uh, given the the aim of Bakita House is to re restore to those women and girls the God-given uh, spirit and dignity um, and encourage them to and permit them to walk in that dignity and um, they do an absolutely amazing job um, as do anti-slavery international um, so uh, you, your prayers please i start from um, walsingham um, at around 11 o'clock in the morning um, on the 26th of june and hope to be able to get to Lourdes, um, uh, or, or very close to Lourdes, a couple of days before the pilgrimage starts on the 14th of July. That may seem like an awful long time, but I'm not at my age as quite as quick a cyclist as um, my eldest son, for example, who very kindly is joining me at some point, I hope, at Limoges. Um, and cycling to Perigueux with me uh, in the Dordogne. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. We're certainly going to be praying for you, and I'm sure everybody listening and anyone who listens later will be as well. And Simon has also potentially promised us a programme on the road, um, on one of his days off. So uh, hopefully he'll be back with us soon. Now, Simon, I just wanted to um, mention a couple of websites and phone numbers for anyone who might be new to modern slavery. And just a reminder that if anything today has disturbed you, the Modern Slavery and Exploitation Helpline is 08000 700. And I've also found a website called nationalcrimeagency.gov.uk and there is an online form there. If you suspect labour exploitation, you can report it there, which seems like a very safe place to do so if you're not comfortable in phoning the Modern Slavery Helpline. And also, Simon, do you have at your um, fingertips the information about how to become a more ethical consumer? I know you've mentioned in the past. Um, oh, yes you know ways of doing that could you just share that yes. with listeners thank you yes certainly um and it, it's something i struggle with um it's it's so difficult um on the spur of the moment buying something to know but there is this excellent website called ethicalconsumer.org ethicalconsumer.org and uh, might i just also mention um a website um, that is uh, extremely good at giving you signs. Well, how on earth should I know when somebody is being enslaved? Well, the simple answer is it won't take long um, for you to research it by um, checking out Stop the Traffic. And traffic is 
um, with no C, that is T-R-A-F-F-I-K, stop the traffic. And uh, Unseen, an- another UK charity, also contains excellent guides. Um, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for reminding us of all ways in which we can help. And so let's take those words uh, of Pope Francis to heart today and see what we can do to make a difference um, to those people enslaved even today. Thank you so much, Simon John. We wish you a very safe and blessed pilgrimage. And we look forward to hearing from you again very soon, perhaps even from the road. Okay, thank you, Elizabeth. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.